You're listening to Take It Personally, a podcast about the personal side of business and the art of standing out. Growing up, I avoided math and numbers like the plague. But as a business owner, I have found that knowing my numbers can actually be really empowering and not near as scary as I used to think when I was being asked to find the root sin of X or solve quadratic equations. Honestly, does that even make sense? Probably not. I was racking my brain for like what I used to learn in math class. (laughs) Of course, that realization doesn't come overnight, and for many business owners, the number part of their business is still a little scary. That's where Amanda comes in. Amanda Runia is an ex-accountant out of Brookings, South Dakota, where she lives with her husband and three young kiddos. She has a love for fast-talking, making new friends, and helping others not feel lost. She owns a consulting business, In-House Ally, where she uses her accounting background and unique strengths to help business owners make better decisions and ultimately comes alongside them as an ally. Here are some of the things I discuss with Amanda today. How she got to where she is with her career and owning her own business why she labels herself as an ex-accountant, how Amanda got clear on her branding and mission to reach her ideal client, and stop doing people's tax returns because it wasn't bringing her joy. When clients typically come to work with Amanda, finding what method and finance system works best in your business, and dealing with the feeling of shame around finances. I love when people like Amanda can take something seemingly overwhelming like finances and break it down to be understandable and digestible for your business. I hope you enjoy this conversation. Amanda, thank you so much for being here today. I'm really excited to chat with you. I'm glad to be here, Maddie. Yeah, so for those who don't know who you are, give us a little bit of an introduction of who you are, what you do, and kind of how you got to this point in your career. Absolutely. Uh, so my name is Amanda Runia. I am the owner of In-House Ally, and I am actually a CPA turned ex-accountant, and I work with business owners to help them make better decisions. So I offer unbiased and personal support, and ultimately I come alongside them as an ally. That typically involves, uh, now I've been branching more into one-on-one and soon to be hopefully a small group mentorship, usually involving strategic direction, professional matchmaking uh, with other service providers or software tools, and helping them come up with usually creative solutions to their own unique challenges personally. Now, being an accountant, of course, I am also in, have that knowledge and background, so I am a QuickBooks online guru. And I can help businesses remodel kind of their whole accounting system just so that it functions better for them the way that makes sense. Um, I have history in kind of all sides of the accounting uh, atmosphere. I actually started, you know, right out of the gate, getting my CPA and working for a large uh, publicly traded company and then moved over into kind of the CPA world, um, working at a small firm, working with some small businesses. And ultimately, the right move for me was starting my own business and trying to kind of fill what I saw was a gap uh, with small business owners that weren't quite ready to outsource just all of their accounting to a traditional accounting firm and needed a little bit of support in the in-between. And that has been four and a half years now in the making of, as you can expect, shifting and changing and growing as small businesses typically do. Um, And I'm here in Brookings, South Dakota, and I've got 
my husband, who has been working from home since all of COVID <laughs> happening. So that's been an interesting dynamic and three little kids. So my oldest is turning six and my youngest is two and a half, two boys and a girl. So it's, it's been a good, it's been a good journey and lots of growing and changing and meeting a lot of awesome people along the way, including yourself. Yes. So we first connected a couple of years ago when I did brand photography for you. Mm -hmm. And then since then our paths have crossed just like in the, like South Dakota, like Eastern South Dakota, small business world. Yeah. Yeah. I love how, you know, even with COVID, I feel like I still built a lot of relationships electronically. Like totally. We were talking about, um, Carly, who does graphic design, and her and I really hit it off in Instagram land uh, yep. with being home more and being on our computers. So I just love all of the connections and the fact that we have the capability to do that even electronically, which works out well with client work too, that totally flexibility there. So it's made, I mean, 2020 was interesting and certainly <laughs> like parts of it, it was a lonely year, but it made it a lot less lonely because we could connect yeah. online, which is so nice. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. So one of the things you mentioned, like one of the first things you said is that you're an ex-accountant and I want you to talk more about that. (laughs) Yeah. So this is a fresh label, I guess I'm putting on myself. Um, And it goes kind of hand in hand with some of this uh, rebrand journey that I worked on this last summer. Um, So, you know, I went into accounting and had no doubts that was my dream career path. It was obviously what I went to school for, got my CPA. Uh, a couple years into working in accounting, it became very clear. Um, I don't love sitting at a desk, crunching numbers eight hours a day by myself. <laughs> and that is often a lot of what an accountant does. Um, and then started just this whole journey of, you know, part of building my own business was trying to also find a way where my unique strengths matched what was needed kind of in the industry. And that involves way more one-on-one time talking and working with my clients and a lot less crunching numbers behind the scenes. And as that's continued to grow and shift, um, I have, I am no longer offering bookkeeping services. I don't do that with my business. Uh, I am officially done working tax seasons. I did a few years of that in a row and I get to spend my time doing the personal side of business. And I get to use that accounting background. And I, I, this is a new thing for me even to want to embrace the term, but I, part of my remodel was this summer I was COVID made it very clear, right? If you've got some cracks in your businesses, things I think blew up a little bit and expanded with COVID and sped up. And one of those problems was every person I talked to thought I was a regular accountant. And I'm going, there is some branding issues going on here. There is some like, I don't know, mission, vision, the way I talk about my business, because people would come back around and say, oh, how, you know, how's that bookkeeping going? Or I have this client who's looking for bookkeeping services or tax returns. And I'm going, I don't, I don't do that. And I think that came, having all of these changes come out of COVID was really beneficial because it really forced me to look at what really is my vision for what I want to do and how I want to serve people. And ultimately that's, I don't want people to feel alone in their business. I don't want them to feel alone on their journey and feel like they don't have someone to talk through these things with. And as far as my mission, I mean, I want to help people make better decisions, know all of their options, be able to feel like they're making the right step forward for them. 
And ultimately kind of, I started working with a business coach of my own this year. And I've talked about, I just, you know, I feel like I want to I want to convey that I have this accounting knowledge. I love the way that accounting fits and works as a puzzle piece, but I'm not going to do your bookkeeping. I'm not going to do your taxes. I want to come alongside you in a different way. And I actually tested out the term uh, with some new clients I had just met with a few times in a row. And it was like this light bulb just went off in their brain of like, oh, she knows accounting. She knows QuickBooks. She's not going to do it for me, but maybe she can connect me with, with people who can. Um, and the more that I've been working with this term, the more it just feels like home <laughs> that I love. I love everything to do with accounting in the accounting industry. I am very close with my accounting cohorts and friends and service providers, and I stay up to date. But ultimately, I want to be there as your ally, not your accountant. Well, and certainly there's a place for accountants and bookkeepers and like all of those things. Those people are mm -hmm. ne they're needed and necessary, Absolutely. but you're totally right in talking about the gap of people who are maybe not even just starting out in their business, but in new enough to their business where like, they're not quite ready to outsource. And, and I also think that there, um, you know, there's a time and place in your business where you kind of should be wearing a lot of hats and doing yeah. a lot of things. So you have that base understanding and then can outsource more easily in the future. And yeah so many people that I work with, that's the place that they're in. Like they do eventually want to outsource. They're not at that point. Um, they, and they just kind of need help because you're right. It is lonely. And it's when it comes to the numbers of business, they can either be really empowering or really scary. And yeah. I think a lot of people are more in the scary camp when they're yeah. getting started. And you mentioned outsourcing. I mean, that's something where really when people get to the point where they start thinking, I'm ready to outsource. There is a lot out there, right? How much do you outsource? You don't even know what levels of outsourcing there is. Like I said, people often think it's either an all or nothing. And they don't even know that there's an option, that there's usually flexible options in between. Now, thanks to technology, we, we often have more flexibility. And then once you've decided, okay, I really want to outsource and I want to maybe outsource these things. Well, who do you outsource them to? Who's the right fit for you? And being able to come in as kind of that neutral party and say like, Hey, I'm, I'm getting to know you. I'm recognizing these things in your personality and the way you work. And I'm learning these things that you value as a human and as a business. And I can help give you some pointers on even how to find the right accountant to connect with. And I can make personal introductions. Um, and oftentimes what happens too, is this level of, uh, accountant ease miscommunication. Oh my gosh. Yes. And accountants. <laughs> and I've had you know, where I've connected people with accountants and I'm following up later and trying to check in and make sure how is this going? How's this relationship? And I'll have sometimes the business owners say, well, but they're not doing that thing. And I wasn't sure about that. And I'll go, well, did you ask them to do that service for you? Well, I don't know. Okay. Well, let's pull up your contract agreement that you have with them. Let's read through that. Oh, it looks like you're not quite asking for that service. I'm sure they would be willing to offer it to you. It might cost a little more here. Let's open this dialogue with them and, and kind of getting rid of this stigma of like, it has to be an all or nothing of, oh, it's just not working with them. Now I need to quit and find another accountant. Oftentimes there is room for communication and back and forth and sometimes getting down to the root of 
well, you thought you wanted X, Y, Z, and it's not working out for you. Maybe what you actually want and need is one, two, three, and working through some of that confusion um, and helping make sure that they have a friend ultimately through that process. Cause it's really intimidating to hand your books over to someone or even know what software to dive into and not even knowing what options are out there for you. It's so intimidating. Yeah. And I think that a lot of the time, small business owners really beat themselves up about that. And mm-hmm. what I've had to remind clients and myself <laughs> is like, I'm not an accountant. I did not go to school for this. I have other strengths, but this isn't one of them. And that's okay. And instead we spend all this time kind of beating ourselves up about it when um, very likely it does make more sense to have someone like you come in and say like, let me help you with this because you're not, you're not supposed to, or you don't have to be an expert in this area. Like this is another, there are people who do this full time. Like this is not necessarily something that may come easy to you. And that's okay. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. So if someone, I guess I'm curious, when do people typically come to you? So if someone is, um, a small business owner, business owner, and like, what is that breaking point where they're like, Oh my gosh, I can't do this anymore. I have no idea what's going on. I need somebody like Amanda. So when your clients come to you, like what situation are they typically in? Yeah. I tend to find there's kind of two different camps uh, primarily. One is going to be typically maybe more of a solopreneur in those first couple years of their business. You know, they've, they've started kind of DIYing all these things. And oftentimes maybe they're trying to decide on which accounting software to transition to. Um, And QuickBooks Online is one that they hear of and they know that my name is associated with that. And they come to find me and they often think I need to find Amanda to set me up on QuickBooks Online. What that often turns into is more of a deeper discussion of, is this the right software for you? Is this the right time for you to use this software? Are there other variables or considerations we need to put into play on this uh, decision that you're going to make? Because nothing is a flip of a switch. Nothing is a, a black and white decision. And while you can't get rid of all of the variables, I want you to be aware of all the variables that this is going to be a certain level of training and education if you're going to do it yourself. And let's look at your personality and your own strengths. And is that something, you know, are you really detail oriented? Can you keep up with that? Um, so some of that solopreneur side of deciding on software, there's often also software consulting related to like POS software. Uh, so if they're thinking, if they already have Square as their platform, that changes the conversation or if they're doing more e-commerce and sometimes they want recommendations on project management apps and software and how do those play well with my accounting software so all of that kind of goes into that one conversation and I find with these types of clients too sometimes even those ongoing check-in and mentorship and support comes into play I get follow-up emails and questions of, well, you helped me with that decision. Now I was, I was hearing about ClickUp or I have to make this decision about contractors. Is there anything I need to know as I talk through that? Um, So being able to offer some of that continued friendship and allyship and support. The other side of the customer base is deeper into that QuickBooks world. Uh, So businesses that are a little bit more established possibly even have like an office manager as part of their employee staff that is doing the data 
entry in QuickBooks. So at the point where maybe the business owner isn't doing it all anymore, they've got kind of an in-house person doing some of that work and they find themselves in either a transition of staffing or a transition of uh, business growth or software. So moving from QuickBooks desktop to QuickBooks online, that's a whole beast in and of itself. Or they've just hired a new office manager and maybe this person needs QuickBooks online training. What we also find too is when I, when they're going through a transition and I step in and take a look at their books, we do often find situations of uh, there might be a lot of historical stuff that needs to be cleaned up or processes that need to be adjusted, um, apps that we might need to integrate correctly. Because even though you've had a QuickBooks file for 10 years, 15 years, maybe there's some things that now is a good time to sit down and spend often a, a couple months with me remodeling your whole QuickBooks structure. So training, software integrations, cleaning up financials, and making changes so that you can continue forward appropriately. And those are usually short-term engagements, like I said, like one to three months with them and either end in them continuing on now that they've had some of these improvements made or sometimes making connections to maybe you do need to hire a bookkeeper to just do bank recs every month. Or maybe now is a good time to get you connected with a virtual CFO to meet with you once a quarter and talk high-level financials and kind of getting them moving forward on the right path with that. I love that you're stepping in at these really pivotal times for both solopreneur type businesses and more established businesses, because I have seen, I've seen this happen for me. I've seen this happen for clients or friends of mine. You kind of make one decision after another, because that's what people tell you. Like QuickBooks Mm -hmm. is the best. So that's what I'm (laughs) going to do or, you know, whatever software after software. And then after you've been in business for a while, you have so many freaking (laughs) softwares and do they even work well together? Are they the best use of your time if they do require that more detailed upkeep? Um, And so being able to kind of ask those questions up front, especially what you talked about on the um, more like solopreneur side, being able to ask those questions up front so you don't get five years down the line and are like, right. oh my gosh, I have so many different pieces of software. None of them talk to each other. And now you're kind of at the point where any transition that you make is going to be a huge undertaking right. because you're software deep. is a lot. You're, <laughs> knee deep. you're knee deep in 10 different softwares. Yeah. And I, I think people are always thrown off when I consult with them. And it does happen occasionally where I say, I, I QuickBooks could very well be the right move for you a year from now or two years from now. But, you know, sometimes they're, maybe they're using spreadsheets. You know, I just had a client recently that, you know, she was, I don't know, maybe five or so years in the business was using all of her spreadsheets to record service-based business. So we're, we don't have a lot of complexity to the transactions. And she said, I think I'm just ready to dive into QuickBooks and I want you to help me set up. But we looked at it and we're going, your spreadsheets are doing so well for your expenses tracking. You have so few expenses. And the more we talked, we talked about why do you think you really need to expand in your accounting? And it came down to her invoicing was actually a real headache, physically getting paid and what platform she was using to receive money. And along with that, paying contractors. And it ultimately, through some consulting and a little bit of extra research and back and forth with her, she started diving more into using her Stripe platform, which she already had, right? But like most people, she was using Stripe and she was using PayPal. She was receiving physical checks. Um, I think there might've been one other one like Venmo. Um, 
then Stripe really actually had some hidden capabilities that she didn't know were available. And for a few other various reasons, it turned out to be the best platform for her to just dive into more and focus on improving that process and not trying to overhaul this entire accounting system in her business quite yet. So finding kind of that squeaky wheel of what's really causing you headache and problem. And let's make sure we actually target and fix that problem first. Oh my gosh. I love that story so much. I think (laughs) I notice for myself, I tend to think if I'm doing something and it's working, but it's not fancy or elaborate because I did the spreadsheet thing forever (laughs) for so long. And I, I thought, and there are still actually parts of my business where like I use a spreadsheet system to kind of keep, because I have a few different Mm -hmm. income streams. And so it's easiest for me to like reconcile my Excel spreadsheet every other week. Like it's easy. It's fine. And I had such like kind of imposter syndrome around that until Mm -hmm. very recently, because I was like, this isn't fancy QuickBooks. Like this isn't, um, this has to be wrong because it's too easy. And I finally, you know, came to the conclusion, certainly not by myself. I had, I had worked with some, um, other, like more (laughs) accounting based professionals who basically said what you're saying, which is if it's working for you, like you Mm -hmm. don't need to overcomplicate it. And I think a lot of the time, because that imposter syndrome, especially in entrepreneurship and especially among women is so real. We think like, oh, if it's not what, like, you know, what everybody says that I should be doing, then it's wrong, but you don't need to overcomplicate it. And what you're doing, if it's working, like you don't need to, you don't need to fix what isn't broken. Yeah. And don't get me wrong. I obviously love a good accounting system. I mean, there is a real necessity for like financial statements for certain businesses. If you're going to be Absolutely. working with a bank and have lines of credit or funding, they're going to be asking for financial statements. And if you are on your tax return, if you are required to report a balance sheet, right, then we need an accounting system that can do what's called double entry accounting that gives you a full tied out proper financial statement uh, collaboration. And then if that really is the right move, and if that's really necessary, and there's certain aspects that you need, then you also have to look at, is this something you can DIY? Because you can put all the data you want in there, but is it right? And it's interesting. Some people I've worked with, they've had no accounting background, but because of their personalities and their strengths, I, you know, I was like, yeah, I think you actually are the right person that if I put in X amount of training and time with you, that you can do it. And you will know when you're in over your head and you need to stop and ask for help versus some other personalities that just go, oh, that's good. I'll just shove that in there. That's fine. Or I'll just pick it up once a year and try to do all the catch up. And obviously there's a lot more room for error uh, with that side. And maybe outsourcing is a wiser business decision. And um, sometimes people don't want to hear that, (laughs) but being able to build those personal relationships um, and have someone kind of speak truth a little bit (laughs) has been just a really fun part of my business and saying, Hey, I'm not benefiting by trying to connect you with this bookkeeper. This isn't something that I'm going to get anything out of. I, I truly believe this is the right move and choice for your business. And these are the reasons why, um, because everyone does need a different solution. Everyone operates very differently. (laughs) 
Totally. So what are some of those things when, um, when you're helping business owners make these decisions in their business? Mm -hmm. Um, and you talked a little bit earlier about like a lot of it has to do with like your own personality and your own, like how you do business. What are some things to be aware of, to watch out for when it comes to making sure that you're making the right decision for your specific business? Yeah. So some of the things I look at with my clients is obviously budget is usually first on their mind. So there are absolutely budget constraints uh, to keep in mind. And that's something I try to be very cognizant of time, how much time you have versus how much money you're willing to put in having somebody else do it for you. Because even if you could DIY it, maybe you really have more opportunities spending your time somewhere else. Personality is someone we talked about as well. One thing that often gets overlooked too is comfort level with technology. <laughs> um, how comfortable are you learning a whole new platform uh, using different apps and integrations? Or is that something you're naturally going to kind of want to stay away from and prefer to do things more manually? Um, also change management with not just you, but other employees that you might have. So some of these more mid-sized businesses, if they're working with, uh, and they have an office manager, receptionist, uh, business manager on their team, that's going to be involved with this. How comfortable are they going to be either bringing on a new platform or making some of these changes and keeping your team's change management comfort level in mind with all of that. Um, and just looking at also what are some of those other visions and goals for your business and where do we want to be spending your time and energy? And that impacts what information do you need for good business decision-making financially, right? Because if all of the work you're doing is one-on-one -on -one personal service and there's no difference to any of the, the service services that you offer your clients. There's not a lot of tracking you need to determine what types of services make me more money, right? But if you have a business that you offer different types of services, different streams of income, or maybe you serve different levels of clients, different types of clients, Sometimes you do want to be able to look back over the last year or two and know where did 80% of my income come from? Because we've all heard, right? Oftentimes 80% of your income comes from 20% of your clients or 20% of your services. So if you're going to want to be able to somehow track it in a way that you can see that and see some of these patterns. And I oftentimes find people trying to track too many details of the different services they offer or the different customers they have. And it doesn't line up with the decisions that they're wanting to make down the road. So trying to align what is the information that's actually going to provide you value in your business and how can we line up your accounting ecosystem to provide that critical information. That's a really good point because when it comes to numbers in business, there are so many different mm -hmm. things that we could be tracking. And I can absolutely see that where people may be getting caught in the weeds and like wanting to track this, this, and this, and like none of those things actually matter for like their key performance metrics when they're talking about, you know, goals a few years down the line or how they want to grow their business, how they want their business to yep. look, you know, however many years from now they might be focusing on something that like actually really doesn't matter for what right. they're wanting. Right. I see that a lot. Um, if I pulls up someone's chart of accounts, if they're using QuickBooks already and oftentimes, right, we see pages and pages of a uh, profit and loss report because they have so many different, especially expense accounts. And I'm going, okay, on a schedule C, there is one line for like utilities. Right. And then they've got 
garbage removal, electric, water, sewage, um, internet, telephone, and they've got all these sub accounts under their utilities. And I'm going, well, based on your business and what you do and what you offer and, and what scale you're working at, how important is that, that you have all those split out, especially with, if you're using QuickBooks, you can very easily run a report that says, how much did I pay Brookings Municipal Utilities last year? You can run a report by vendor. So if that's in your system, if the vendor is in your system, why are, you, why are we having 12 different sub accounts under utilities if that is one teeny tiny sliver of your business and you've got one income account with nothing else split out as far as like your channels of revenue stream? <laughs> like we've got to fix this here, but people get a little uh, expense happy trying to track yeah. individual things and, you know, sometimes refocusing them on that helps a lot too. Do you find that most people kind of overcomplicate it? I think they either overcomplicate it or they don't value it enough to keep up with it at all. Sure. Um, there's usually often the two extremes of people I work with that, and I don't want to say they don't value it, but they whatever is going on in their business processes and their time and their schedule, it has taken a back seat and it's not getting done. And this is something that I often find too, where the clients, they feel a lot of shame around if they're not keeping up with it. Um, and that's a whole nother conversation of you. If you're trying to do everything on your own and you're also the business owner, obviously your time and energy is primarily being spent bringing in business and serving your customers well and delivering your product and your services well. So of course this is taking a back seat. And even though you could do it, clearly you're not. <laughs> and we've tried a few things and for whatever reason, it's really not working. So maybe it is the right choice to uh, outsource it. But then I also see some of that shame on the other side of, like you said, overcomplicating it. And they put so much time and energy and detail into it. And yet they're not okay with it because they're not getting out of it what they actually want because they're putting so much detailed energy into a when they really need to be looking at b and so they feel shame of why isn't this working and for whatever reason even though i work at it all the time it doesn't ever seem right i don't understand my financials i'm not getting any value out of this and there's a lot of confusion there as well yeah, there is so much overwhelm among business owners. And I would imagine that when you're talking about kind of the two ends of the spectrum, one being people who are like not even touching it, I would imagine that a lot of that comes from the place of overwhelm. Like, well, I can't do it right. Like, there's no way I'm going to do this right. And so I'm just not going to do it at all. And that's yeah. not good either. Yeah. And I think we do that with a lot of areas, right? Fitness, totally. meal planning, like we just go, oh, it's just too much. I can't do any of it. Like personal finance and budget, obviously being an accountant, I've had a lot of people ask me about personal budgeting and they'll be, they always start with, well, what categories do you have? And I'm going, well, we've been managing our personal budget for nine years. So ours has really expanded and grown and there are very specific things we track. But when we started, I think we had six categories on a spreadsheet in Excel. Like, and again, what are the categories that matter to you? And let's just start with that one baby step <laughs> one. And it's finding that right next baby step, right. Um, is what matters too. And gosh, I could go off on all these tangents of meal planning too. I always get so giddy when someone says, I really am like struggling with food as a mom, but meal planning, I can't do it. It doesn't work. And it's usually because they have one picture in mind of what that's supposed to look like. Totally. 
which is the same in business. Then I think it's supposed to look like this and they feel like that's too much of a jump or for whatever reason, unattainable. And it's going, who said, who says it has to look like that? Like, let's find what works for you personally. (laughs) Yeah. It's really interesting because even though I think most entrepreneurs and most small business owners, we're not afraid of hard work. Like that's, Mm -hmm. that's not the situation, but at the same time, I think oftentimes we do think that there's just some small piece of knowledge that like everybody else knows, but we don't know yet. And so we're constantly searching for like that one thing to figure out how to do it the right way. How can I do it the right way? Because my way is clearly not the right way. When in reality, it's like the right way looks different for every single business. Every single business is different. Every single next right thing is different. And I think we also always want we get to that desperation point where we think I just would pay anything to just flip a switch and just have the one right solution. I just want a plug and play solution. And I mean, I felt that way rebranding my website this summer, like, man, I just want to turn around and just give you all my money and just, you just, just make it, just make it right. Just do it. And as skilled as that person is, I still have to also do my hard work because I'm the one who knows my business and I still have to have input on this. And it, everything you do is hard work and has considerations and variables. And so even just stripping away that there's not one right solution to anything, but we all want it to be like, I remember I tried Dubsado years ago and Mm -hmm. I felt that way too about my business processes. And it was not the one right solution for me. And I had to kind of go back to the drawing board myself. Um, And it's, but it's so easy to want to believe that too yeah. in the overwhelm. And so having somebody come along inside and just reassure you that, well, you're also kind of glorifying this solution. And I'm going to tell you, it's not going to be glorious. It's not going to run perfectly. And QuickBooks has kinks. QuickBooks is complicated, right? The fact that it offers all these solutions and it works so well from an accounting perspective, they keep adding wonderful tools every year. Well, that also adds complexity and overwhelm to the software. And so you kind of get this double-edged sword. Um, and it's it can feel very alone if you don't have another actual human willing to talk through all the junk with you. And I think, you know, I, I myself am a verbal processor, so I can really understand and feel that when my clients just need to talk through all this stuff, right? And yeah, I you know, no shortage of talking on my end too. <laughs> no, I totally get it. And you're exactly right. It can just feel a lot more comforting to be able to call someone who not only understands the jargon that we talked about, mm-hmm. like those accounting, like terms and things that a lot of lay people would not understand as much. Um, someone who understands all of those things and can speak that language, but then also can talk to you like a human who doesn't doesn't understand those things and bridge that gap because that's really important. And that's what so many people are looking for. Yeah. So tell me how people can work with you. How can people get in touch with you and work with you and all of those things? Yeah. So that's always uh, an expanding, growing thing. One thing that I'm outside of the QuickBooks remodels, which I have been doing for a while and I will continue to do. That's kind of my fun spot of diving in and changing everything about your QuickBooks so that it actually functions. If that's not quite where you're at um, offering, I do offer this one-on-one business consulting and mentorship essentially. So uh, that is usually 
crafted personally with someone, depending on what their needs are and what they're, they're looking for. And, you know, like I said, oftentimes that includes some of this, you know, playing devil's advocate, talking through decision-making and making sure that they're knowing all of their options and they can talk to someone who, again, understands the accounting side, but also the whole business side. Or if someone wants to work with me just to help with some of that matchmaking, right? They, they think they do need to hire someone or they think they do need to implement a new software and having me as kind of that liaison for helping them through that matchmaking process as well. Uh, of course, the other way to just stay in touch and kind of see other things that come down the road, I kind of hinted at, I'm hoping to offer kind of a local mastermind to start possibly even like the Brookings area and potentially something online coming up. It would be my Instagram account, which thanks to my lovely graphic designer, Carly, for helping me get going on that. Um, I think Carly needs to come on the podcast. I know she does. <laughs> uh, it's, it's actually a lot more functioning now than it was a few years ago. We all have our areas that we grow in. Um, so I would love to just interact with and see people on my Instagram account and follow their Instagram account. It's been really fun. All the different business connections that I've made locally and worldwide. I do work with clients, not just in the area. So I work with anybody in the U S thanks to all the wonderful technology tools that we have. And if anybody doesn't even know what they're looking for, which is usually the question they say, I don't even know what I need, yeah. or what I'm looking for. The best place to start is to just schedule a, a free 30 minute call with me, which you can find on my website or on my email. And my website is in dash house ally.com. And that is also my Instagram account. So, and we'll link everything in the show notes too, to give yep. people easy access to that. Thank you so much for coming on today. I feel like you just bring so much clarity to this world that is um, so overwhelming and confusing for so many business owners. And so yep. thank you for what you do. I'm so excited that um, that you kind of, well, I guess I should ask, are, are there other people who do this? I feel like you really <laughs> like carved out a niche for yourself and I'm here for it. <laughs> Um, not that I have exclusively found, which is why coming up even just with my, my brand and the clarity around that has been difficult because yeah. people put you in the, the accountant box and it, that's not quite right, um, for where I'm at. And so I would say no. And if you are one out there, I would love to meet you. I do. And I, it's been really fun finding other people, even in the accounting world that would call themselves accountants. Uh, but maybe have more appreciation for meeting business owners where they're at mm -hmm. and not thinking that they need to just offer full suite bookkeeping, right? I love being connected with other accountants that are willing to take on more flexible clients that maybe they just need sales tax and bank recs. Um, so I'm always, always trying to grow my network of accounting providers across the whole spectrum, uh, both locally and virtually, and just make sure then that the people that do come and work with me can get pointed towards the right service provider down the road if that's what they're looking for. Well, you're such a great example of taking the things that you're just amazing at and morphing it into something that may maybe has not been done before, but <laughs> is a need that you know you can fill, that you're more passionate about than maybe what is the status quo um, and turning that into like this amazing business. And I love stories like this because 
it doesn't, it doesn't have to be status quo. It doesn't have to be what everybody else says is the right way to do things. Um, if you're feeling like pulled in a certain direction, I think there's a reason for that. So that's, that's everything that you tout too, right? I mean, your messaging of you do bring something unique and specific to the table. And even though it can look like other people are doing the same thing, you can do things the way that nobody else can do it because it's you. And because you have your unique background and strengths and even weaknesses and personality mix and how you connect with people. And that's, that's absolutely true when it comes to all of the service provider industry is we're talking people to people and people yeah. are unique and they interact with other people in a unique way and that shouldn't be overlooked. So totally. Well, I appreciate you having me on. Yes. Thank you so much for being here, Amanda. Thank you so much for listening to Take It Personally. If you're a regular listener, you might already know that some of the best conversations actually happen after the show. Head over to Facebook and search Take It Personally podcast to join our private Facebook group and join the conversation. We'll also put the link in the show notes. And if you haven't already, would you head over to iTunes and leave us a review? This is the best way to let other people know about the show and help us to keep creating content you love. You can also head to takeitpersonallypodcast.com for all the show notes from today's episode and past episodes. Thanks so much for listening. See you next week.